Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Italian Wine Club. My name is Stevie Kim, and this is the Italian Wine Club for Clubhouse. This is the 25th edition, I believe, episode of Ambassador's Corner. And today we have Catherine Stratton, who will be interviewing Giulia Monteleone. Ciao, Catherine. Hi, Stevie. Hey, how are you? Good. What's going on? Where where are you? I am in Lingua Glossa. Oh my God, you're in Italy. You're in Etna. Yes. And where are you staying? I'm currently at the Shalai Resort where I stayed last oh night. Oh my God. I'm using I, their of Wi-Fi. Course, I, I stay there. They have a great restaurant. It's, I think it's still one star, right? Yeah, still one star. It's uh, I didn't eat there this time. We ate at Cabayox last night. And what are you what are you doing there? Well, I mean, I came to see Julia because we had other things we had to talk about, not just this. Oh, excellent! Are you guys together now? No, she's at. I think she's in her apartment. Oh, okay, great. Wow. And how long are you staying? I actually leave tomorrow morning. First thing. I've been here almost two weeks though. Okay. What is what's going on in California? What is the COVID situation? I, you know, I mean, my parents still live in California. They said it's, it's like everywhere. Um, yeah. I, moved to, I moved to Portland a year ago. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. So this session is recorded and will be replayed on Italian Wine Podcast. I was saying yesterday that we're extremely, extremely happy, especially about the Clubhouse Ambassador's Corner um, episodes. It's been hugely successful. We've reached 900,000 listens just on SoundCloud last year. And that is a long way since 2017 when we've started. We had 23,000 listens on SoundCloud. So, and that's not counting, of course, Spotify, Himalaya, all of the other channels. So, incredibly great work, great teamwork from Joy. Joyce, Joyce actually just right next door. She's hovering with her new dog. Her name is Lily. And I have my dogs here today. And their names are Kim and Chi. Kim Chi. Italians don't quite get that. But anyways, they're all here with us on the in the podcast uh, booth right now. So thank you for joining us. For those of you who are unfamiliar or less familiar with our moderator today, Catherine Stratton, she is, of course, our Italian wine ambassador from the Finitale International Academy community. And she herself is a an educator. And she owns a importing business and also the owner of CS Selections and sales manager for Strade Bianche. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. What is Strade Bianche and CS Selections? Uh, CS Selections is my own company, which is the brokerage side of things. So I'm contracted by importers to manage sales but also help find them new producers and things. So I, um, I live in Portland. I manage a sales team basically on the West Coast for them. They're a direct importer of Italian wines. So are you highly specialized in Italian wines? Uh, Italian, French, and Greek. And Greek. Yes. 
Aha. Okay. I didn't. I didn't know that. So she is originally from Los Angeles, and but she also studied in UCLA, where she got her certificate in wine education and management. Italian wine specialist from North American Sommelier Association and a certified yoga instructor. How does that work? Wine and yoga. They balance each other out. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cheesy. I did not expect that from you, Catherine. I, sometimes the obvious answer is the best answer. <laughs> okay. So like she said, she's moved to Oregon now. She's like, she has so much on her CV. I'll let her get on with her show right now. But before that, Catherine, why did you choose Julia Monteleone as your favorite producer and your guest producer today? Because she's fabulous. <laughs> not just not just in the sense of making wine, which I, I found her Instagram um, I think it was in 2018, like she had just started, just bought the vineyard. I don't even know if the wines were released yet, but it was a really good Instagram page and she has awesome fashion sense. And I oh just my thought God, she I'm was really cool. Instagram now. I just thought she an... was really cool. <laughs> and then we actually ended up chatting a couple of times and then I got to taste her wines and then meet her when we did our, um, our field trip here a couple of years ago. So we've kept, we've kept in contact, and hopefully we will begin importing her wines this year. Already. Great. Fantastic. Okay. And as you know, we're all about learning objectives. So what are we supposed to, um, what are the takeaways that we should expect from your interview with, your chat with Giulia Monteleone oggi? Well, really interesting. My, my, my focus sort of shifted today after visiting the vineyard because it is, uh, I think, an unusual location, and I want her to, to spend some time educating us as to why she chose to make her wine there and why it's so different. And because Aetna, you know, we always, we've done so much in-depth study, especially in the VIA community, has spent quite a bit of time understanding the, the, the interesting, complete opposites of the area. And the altitude and the soil and everything that affects the way that the wine comes out. And there are some areas in Etna that maybe are a little less recognized. And um, I'm going to have her give us some education about that. But also, of course, you know, women in wine like to focus on being the minority. And I want to know what it's like for her being one of the few here in Etna, because it's a very male-dominated, both agriculturally and winemaking. So those are the two things we're going to be working on today. Okay, uh, fantastic. I, um, we can never get enough of Etna. We were just there uh, on a Jinta Scholastica at, at the end of October. I see Paul Bologna. He was he came on the trip with us. So um, fantastic. I'm going to grab my drink now and take it away, and I'll come back if you should there be enough time for some Q&A. Sure. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. So... Um, I think I'm going to let Julia, I've introduced Julia a bit, but I think part of what we're going to do is let her give her own bio as an introduction as to how she ended up in Aetna making wine. So Julia, I know that you were born in Palermo and started writing as a journalist, but what brought you to the world of wine to begin with before we get into how you went from journalism to winemaking? Hello, everyone. First of all, thank you for having me. I'm very, I'm very proud and excited to can speak about my project and my beloved Mount Etna. So as Catherine told, 
Uh, I was, I used to be a wine journalist, uh, and I can say, maybe it's pathetic, but I can say that love brought me to the wine, uh, in the wine world, in uh, winemaking in particular, because I met my husband, Benedetto, uh, he is a winemaker, so it changed completely my vision of wine. Uh, of course, I always, uh, I always, I always be very passionate about wine. I'm Italian, so I can say that wine runs through my veins. But I think that uh, this meeting with him changed everything. Uh, also, my approach to the wine. So it was very, very interesting to me understand what is behind the scenes of wine. Not only the tasting, not only the events, but also the wine making, and he helped me a lot. He helped me a lot in uh, in this. Uh, so I'm very I'm very happy to to can share with him all my project, and I can say that we run together the 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 company, the winery, and is is very difficult because we are a, a couple in a, in life, so. Uh, we're partnering crimes 100%, but it's very, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's not so common because, uh, you know, Cecily Catherine very well. And uh, also Stevie uh, knew uh, very well Cecily. And uh, you can say that it's a beautiful highland, but it's very complicated for young people. Uh, there are not so many occasions. Uh, but we together, I think that we are growing and uh, we are building something interesting. And Mount Etna is the perfect place for us because it's quite interesting. It's a beautiful landscape and uh, uh, our indigenous varieties and our soil are so unique, so different. And I think that we, uh, we can do very, 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 very well here. So uh, I can say that uh, love brought me into the wine world, for sure. And so why, um, why change? I mean, you were already in the wine world. You could have learned about wine and continued writing, but you decided instead to buy a vineyard in Etna. Why? <laughs> why? But, but you, can say, you can say why. It's simple, because Etna is such a beautiful place. I really felt in love with Etna. Uh, you know, I'm from Palermo, so I'm from the west side, of Sicily, uh, my first time on Etna. I, I think I was I was ten years old, uh, so I was a uh, younger, but not so young. So, uh, but the first time that I saw the volcano, I uh, I was uh, it was um, it was terrific this place. So, uh, when I started with my my wine uh, uh, experience um, as a journalist, uh, I understand the potentiality of Mount Etna and of uh, these, these wines. Uh, so when Benedetto and I uh, met, we decided immediately to search something on Mount Etna. And we found a beautiful place, I think, uh, on the north side of Mount Etna in 2017. So 2017 was our first vintage and it was quite complicated to find a place to find a vineyard because a lot of companies from everywhere, from Sicily, but also from other parts of the world, was, were, were searching for a vineyard on the north side of Mount Etna. So it was very difficult to find an inter, interesting place. And we found it in 2017. You already visited the, today. So you visited the, the, the vineyard and 
to me is the perfect place uh, because it's quite different. Uh, we are in the north side in the area of Castiglione di Sicilia, but we are very close to the river Alcantara. Uh, river, the river Alcantara is a cold river, so we have a particular microclimate. Uh, the, 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 the microclimate is, is very cool and uh, uh, full of humidity. And uh, uh, we have a small percentage of clay in the soil. And this is uh, unique on Mount Etna because, of course, uh, uh, normally you, you have only a volcanic soil, so made of ashes and sand. Uh, but in this case, we have a small percentage between the 5 to the 15% of clay, of limestone. So we, we, find, we found this amazing place and we decided to start from, from there. So this was our... I can, I can say that we felt in love with this place. It was very... Uh, I, I can explain it because it was so natural. When I, when I saw this whole vineyard, because it's a very old vineyard, I, I immediately uh, thought that uh, everything is clear about why Etna. Yes. No, I mean, I understand okay. why one would choose Etna, but it's interesting. I sort of look at Sicily as a, as a miniature continent. Yeah, um, it is. Not just as part of yeah. Italy or even as an island. In, in I, itself, agree. I agree. I agree. Each I totally little agree. part is like its own miniature differences. So every little corner yeah. is incre- in both weather, soil-wise, Exactly. attitude, um, even variations in accent and dialect and things like that. So I'm imagining... And cuisine, of course. <laughs> yeah. And I know, I know, of course, Palermo and the west side of the island very well, because that's where I help make some yeah. wine. And so I know that the, the attitude of, say, uh, a woman coming into the business from outside there yeah. is it's quite difficult. <laughs> they just sort of look at me like I'm a little crazy, you know, like it's fine. But I didn't buy a yeah. vineyard. You bought a vineyard on the other side of the island from yeah. where you're from. And I'm just wondering. Yeah, yeah, I'm insane maybe. <laughs> it was very difficult at the beginning because, uh, as you told, I, I was a, a, an outsider on uh, Mount Etna. So I remember when I arrived on Mount Etna that uh, everyone uh, laughing about me because they, um, they uh, didn't believe that I can run uh, a winery. I, I have to say that Benedetto helped me, helped me a lot uh, because he's a young guy and a smart one, a clever one, so he helped me a lot in order to prove, uh, if there's something to prove, in order, in order to prove that we are doing well, that I can do it. So the first time were difficult, but I can say that now everyone is very kind with me. All my neighbors, all the wine people that uh, I met in the last years here in Montetna are very kind with me. So I can say that now the situation is different, but uh, if you are a woman, you have to prove more. You have to prove that you are good in what you do. So it is difficult, but at the end we can do it. You must be a little bit insane, as you as you say. Oh, yeah, no, but, you have to be crazy to work in the wine. Yeah, yeah, but nice. this is yeah, this is the pepper of life. So we are, a, would, we are a little bit insane, but it, I would venture good. to say that you have been pretty darn successful, considering you only really started four years ago. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. You're kind. 
I don't and... know what happened, but well, maybe clearly we you made some we choices. Like... You made some good choices, and some of those choices I would venture to guess have to do with the location of this property and what makes it so yeah. unique. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm not sure how many people listening know what wines you make and, and how many different kinds and why you chose those wines to say come from specific plots based on, I would assume, mostly soil type after we yeah. walked around today and saw how much it changes even within a distance of a couple of meters. Mm-hmm. Um, would you give us a little bit of a rundown sure. of your wines and, and sure, why you chose course. to produce them? Of from where course. Of course, of course. It's very interesting because you say that Sicily is a continent, but Etna is a continent too. So Etna is very different from um, each side of the volcano. Everything changed. So the north side, the east, the west, everything changed. And everything can change also in few meters. So I, I felt in love with this place, with our first vineyard, because the position. So because we are very close to the river Alcantara and we have three or four different types of soils. So we have a small percentage of clay in the, in the lowest terrace that, uh, that we planted with Caricante one year ago. We have the 15% of clay and we will produce our Etna, our Etna Bianco from this terrace. And I'm very curious about the result. And uh, we also, in the same state, we also own a, a small old vineyard from 1935. So it's an 85 years old vineyard. And we made a wine, Cuba, from this vineyard. And the, the soil conditions are different, but we are 15 meters from the other terrace. So everything can change. So right now we produce five wines, three Etna Rosso from the north face and two Etna Bianco from the east face. The east face of Mount Etna, the area of Milo and Sant'Alfio is completely different because altitude. Our vineyard is 900 meters above sea level, so it's very high, it's a real mount viticulture, mountain viticulture, 100%. And the area of Milo and Sant'Alfio is very cool and rainy, so we produce Caricante in this area and we have a lot of acidity, a lot of minerality in the wine, so saltiness. I prefer to say saltiness than minerality. And everything is different because the soil. The soil on, of, of the east side is 100% a volcanic soil, so made of ashes and sand. But in the, in the north side, in our state, everything is different. And I, I believe that our Etna Rosso and our Cuba Etna Rosso, so the two Etna Rosso that we produce from the main estate in Contra da Cuba, are very different. Uh, because they are more uh, smooth, um, not so grippy, not so aggressive. So our Nerello Mascalese speaks in another way. And we also have a small, a very small, is, is a garden, not a vineyard because it's uh, 0.2 hectare. Also in the north face, but in another contrada, Pontale Palino. Pontale Palino is between Rovitello, Carazà, Piano dei Daini. So it's a, an, higher, an higher area. Uh, but it's very interesting and uh, we have not any um, any situation also with the with the river because the river is very is very far from the from this vineyard and everything changed because the soil is 100% volcanic so i can say everything is different and uh, each each plot 
can can give different wines. So it's true. When I was a journalist and when I visited uh, different wineries here on Mount Etna, I I didn't believe in in this in these um, differences between uh, each plot. But it's true. Everything can change in few meters. So I think that this is the most interesting and peculiar thing of Mount Etna of our viticulture and. Uh, and also is another interesting thing that maybe uh, no one said, but uh, to me is very important. Also the, the vineyards, so the, also the vines are different because for example, in our small vineyard of Cuba, you can find different varieties, uh, not only Nerello Mascalese and Nerello Cappuccio, but also Alicante, which is Grenache, and the other old variety, Damanera, Dama Bianca, Minella, and everything. So uh, also the um, the um, yeah the biological uh, variety of uh, of uh, of the grape can change the result of of a wine. So each plot is different. And if you own a, an old vineyard, this difference is is bigger. So in terms of the way that you're treating, say each each plot differently from each other. Yeah. Um, do yeah. you find that you have quite a lot of need to farm differently in each one of these plots also, or is there a relative amount of consistency? I mean, are you harvesting within a few days of each area? I'm curious whether or not uh, the, the clay with its amount of, yeah. say, retained water allows you to yeah. harvest later or... Yeah, it's an interesting question. Yeah, we, we, learn, we learn it because... Uh, um, for us, was a new experience here at the viticulture of Mount Etna. Benedetto, as I told you, is a winemaker, but uh, he uh, always uh, runs a winery on the west side. So, Merello um, Mascalese is a completely different variety, and the, the soil and the, the microclimate condition of Mount Etna are different. So, uh, we learn uh, here by year. And I can say that, uh, of course, we. Uh, we farm in, different, in a different way. Uh, for example, we harvest the uh, Caricante grape from the east side uh, at the end of October, first days of November, sometimes depends on the, of, on the vintage. And uh, we, uh, we always uh, uh, began with our Cuba. So we, uh, we, be, we began with our crew, with the grape of our crew. Because, um, as I told you, we have a small percentage of uh, Alicante, of um, uh, Merello Cappuccio, and we always prefer to uh, take it b b before uh, the, the Etna Rosso, which is 100% uh, Merello Mascalese. So everything can change. And of course, the, the, the weather of each vintage can change the, the thing because, for example, 2018 was a very cool and rainy vintage. So uh, we uh, harvest very, very early. Uh, but the 2019 was a beautiful, uh, uh, I think, a perfect vintage with a, a fantastic spring and um a nice uh, summer too, so when uh, so we wait more time for uh, harvesting. So of course it depends not only in the condition of soil and exposition of the of the vineyards, but on, uh, also in the in the vintage uh, characteristics. So the weather and uh, as you know, with the climate changing, everything is 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 changed. So uh, we are lucky because the the clay. 
in the main state. The clay is like a sponge, so clay absorbs water and the uh, clay can help us a lot during summer. Uh, for example, the last vintage, the 2021, was very dry. We had no rain for four months, so we, uh, without clay, it's difficult. Uh, but clay helps us a lot, also the river with these microclimates, because we have a, a coolest weather. So you would say that um, your choice in location is looking towards the future? Yeah, I can say so. I can, we, are, we were lucky, but I can say so easily. The, the yeah. fact that you have this small percentage of clay that, that yeah, gives you this is a very, this protection is, exactly. in years. The vines, yeah, the, fi- the vines are very healthy because we have this, uh, this amount of clay that help us during the summer. Yeah. So I know that when um, generally in the world of wine, when people start talking about humidity, and um, obviously the river is allowing you to have a more humid area than other parts yeah. of Etna. And I think one immediately thinks with humidity comes disease. Uh, do you find that this vineyard is susceptible to disease because of the humidity or is it a different kind of humidity? I think it's a different kind of humidity. We have no uh, problems. Uh, we work organic. So I can say that it is more... Um, I, uh, uh, maybe I can say, yeah, it's not a problem. We we never had problem with humidity. Is all we have our, uh, our biggest differences between night and day in terms of temperature because we have a very very hot days uh, because we are uh, at 500 meters above sea level, so we are not so high, and uh, night is very cool and uh, and and fresh. And we have no problem with humidity also because we are in the valley of Alcantara. So we have a lot of wind from the sea and the wind helps us a lot in terms of, uh, of quality of the grape and the, the healthiness of the, of the vines. So the wind from the sea to the, the valley of Alcantara helps us. So it's a good humidity, I can say. Yeah, it's freshness more than humidity. Uh, so it's more of a, a cooling temperature exactly. situation because yeah. of the river rather than it being a humid situation. Yeah, yeah, wind helps us a lot. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So the um, all of these new vines that you put in, it was last year, correct? Yeah, yeah, the last um, winter. And you chose to plant them all in Albarello? Yeah, uh, we are very passionate about the traditional viticulture here in Mount Etna, so we decided to, to plant it by Albarello. And uh, it's also an agronomic uh, decision, decision because uh, Albarello is always, the, to me, the best, the best way here in Mount Etna. In particular, in this area, which is very close to the river. So we have this humidity. Of course, we have wind. We have no problems with humidity. But of course, Alberello is always the, the most, the most imp- good uh, solution for, uh, for viticultural Mount Etna uh, because it helps a lot the vines to are healthy and, uh, and stay. The, the grapes are always, yeah, uh, the, the quality is always better than... Uh, uh, another way of, uh, of pruning system. So Alberello to me is the perfect choice on Mount Etna and I, I believe that is the good choice because it's the traditional one. So you uh, preserve also the landscape of Mount Etna. Mount Etna is a natural park so you have to 
protect and uh, respect this. And I think that Alberello with uh, uh, with the chestnut pole is the perfect solution in terms of quality, but also in terms of landscape and respect of the landscape. So are you making changes to the existing vineyards that were there before, the ones planted in 1970 and 1935? I can't. I can't because uh, <laughs> I will kill the... Uh, yeah, uh, I, I risk to kill the, the vines, but... Uh, I do it with the Cuba uh, with Cuba Vineyard because Cuba Vineyard was uh, an alberello from 1935, but the previous owner changed the pruning a little bit the pruning system, but the the vines were alberello in any case. So we uh, dismissed the the old the old pole and we put the new one, the chestnut pole, in order to restore. The, the vineyard. So if we can do it, we, we do it. But uh, for example, with the vineyard of 1970, uh, we cannot do it. We, we will kill the, the plant. So we prefer to, to, uh, to stay in the actual situation. But uh, for the new implant, for the new vineyard, I'm sure that I will, uh, I will always just buy the Alberello. Alberello to me is always the best solution on Mount Etna. Yeah, and namely not just because it's well, it's traditional, obviously because it no, 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 it's also quality. Helpful. Yeah, yeah, it's helpful. <laughs> it's a quality choice, and uh, and also a landscape choice. I, as I told you, Etna is a natural park, and we, uh, with my estate, we are in two different national parks because we are in, in in the Etna National Park and in the, the River Alcantara Natural Park. So. We have to respect, of course, the landscape and the, of the of our our vineyard, and uh, I truly believe in the importance of the respect of nature and uh, of of course the the landscape, which is amazing. And I, I don't want to destroy anything. I want to uh, also to improve the the image of uh, Mount Etna in the world. In my so does, does that affect your your choice in farming practices? The fact that you yeah. have national parks? Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, we always be organic. And I, uh, I really believe that respect, the respect of nature is one of the most important things now. And also the wine lovers are very, yeah, they, they ask for this. So the consumers now ask for respect for a natural approach and to me, natural project meaning not meaning that you have to produce natural wine, but you have to respect nature. It's different, and we try to respect nature 100%. Be- because also I I live I I live here, so I want to preserve my place because it is the place in which I, which I spend my time. So I I truly believe that we have to respect our environment. And I, I, I live here, so to me it's the most important thing to respect the nature. So we are 100% organic and we, we want to, to be more than organic in the next year. What, what direction do you want to take it in? I can say that we are very, very uh, careful on the, all the practices, all the agronomics practices. So we don't use nothing uh, which is chemical. And also in the vinification, we are very respectful of the grape. I believe that if you want to produce wine that speaks about speak about the territory, so the place in which you are, you have to be respectful. And in this way, you can 
you can obtain a fantastic result and a very typical result. So if you run well your countryside, your vineyard, you can have an incredible uh, result on the wine. You can obtain elegant wine and uh, wine that are very bounded to the, the territory, so to the area in which you produce wine. And to me, this is the perfect recipe for uh, a good wine, an elegant but uh, true wine. Yeah, a true wine. So we're in, say, in the spectrum of all of these producers that we love in Etna. Where do you think your wines fit, say, both stylistically as well as how are they representative of the area? Oh, this is a, dif- a difficult question. It I is, don't know. but I mean, like, I where would know. you slide yourself really, in? Really, 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 I don't know. It's not a problem for me because I, I think that we, uh, we play our, uh, our game. So, uh, of course, I'm very curious about what the other producers um, are doing. And I uh, always taste different wine from different producers. I, I can say that I'm a friend of a lot of producers here on Mount Etna, and I'm proud to be a friend of a lot of producers. But uh, I want to do my, my game. So uh, we, we do, me and Benedetto, yeah, uh, we do our choice and uh, I don't know if are the right the, the, the best one but um, I believe that if you have your idea and we have also another thing that we are very small so if you are a small winery if you, uh, you can you have the you can have the, the luxury to do what you want what you like so we are very small and we can do what we really like. So maybe sometimes our wines are different because are very bounded to what we are. So uh, I, 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 I have not a, an answer for your question because I, I don't know. I think that we are doing well, I can say that, but uh, I... Are you particularly inspired by any of the other Etna producers? In the- On a lot of different wine producers for different reasons. I'm, I'm a big fan of Cornelissen, Frank Cornelissen, because uh, he is very passionate about uh, Etna. He, uh, he lives here all the year long, so this is great and this is not so common because we have a lot of wineries of uh, wine producers that stay here only for the harvest but he always is always here and to me this is very important because he knows the the territory very well and this is um, amazing and uh, uh, but also i'm a, a, a friend of alberto Grassi and uh, i i like the the wines i al- i also like uh, franchetti uh, wines and uh, I, I think that I felt in love with Etna uh, wines because Franchetti. So yeah, Franchetti was very important for me because my first first meeting with uh, with Etna was uh, in his winery, and um, it was amazing. I have a, an amazing uh, memory of this uh, occasion, and I I love his wines. But there are a lot of different wine producers that, that are doing very, very well. So I'm always inspired by Etna producer, but also from other producers around the world. When I have the occasion, I, I love to, to travel in Italy and the other country, France, Germany, in order to discover new reality, new wineries, and always 
I, I discovered something new and maybe I tried to use it in my own business, in my, in my winery. So I think that if you drink a lot of wine, of different wine from everywhere, you can have a, a perfect idea of what you, you want, what, what result you, you want to, to obtain. So this is very important for me. So I would say you're probably pretty happy with your results so far, yes? Oh, yes, but maybe I have to drink more <laughs> and uh, to visit more wineries. More. Yeah, yeah, everyone. But I, I was saying you, you've won Trebicari twice now in yeah. the four years that you've released wine, correct? Yeah. So um, what did you win them for? Which wines? <laughs> I, I remember very well the, the moment because that moment because uh, I was confused <laughs> uh, when uh, when we uh, when we know that we won the Trebicchieri with the Cuba uh, 18 Benedetto and I were confused and we say how is possible because Cuba is a very small production the 2018 were only uh, 1,800 bottles, so a very, very small quantity of wine, and we won Trebicchieri, so it was amazing, it was amazing. And I remember that the, the day after the award, the Trebicchieri Award, I received a lot of calls from different wine people, uh, also producers or agronomists or, um, or simple wine lovers, and they asked me, where is Contra da Cuba? Where exactly is Contra da Cuba? Because no one knows. So uh, to me, this was very, very nice because I understand that we, uh, we were doing well. And Contrada Cuba, our era was really interesting in terms of quality. And, uh, and we, we let a spotlight no? we, on, on this place. And I'm very proud of this result. So I think it's... Maybe we can take two seconds to talk about Cuba. Sure. The place, like why? Why is it Contrada Cuba? Where's the name? It's named because no one else make wine there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Clearly, so, it's good wine. So what's wrong? What's wrong with all of them? And what made because, you so smart? Because 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 is uh, is not so high. In the last year, everyone speak about Etna in terms of altitude, and altitude of, of uh, altitude, of course, is a ve- is very important on Mount Etna because uh, uh, Mount, Mount Etna is a mountain, so it's a volcano, but it's a mountain. So, uh, Contra da Cuba is very is very uh, low because we are 500 meters above sea level, but I felt in love with that place because it's the birthplace of viticulture on Mount Etna. The Asian Greeks. When they arrived on Giardini Naxos and Taormina, they, uh, they planted their own vineyard in this area, in our area, in Contra da Cuba area, because the river. So they need water. And they decided to plant the vineyard in Contra da Cuba. Cuba, the Cuba of Santa Domenica, is also a beautiful church. It's a Byzantine church from the 9th century. It's a lavic stone and limestone church, so it's quite unique. And because the river, because this old church is the only uh, that you can find, uh, is the only one that you can find in the east coast of Sicily. So we have another Cuba in the area of, uh, in the west side of, of Sicily, very close to Palermo, uh, but uh, a lava stone Cuba uh, 
our lava stone Cuba is the the only one in the west side so this place is amazing and is very different and when uh, other uh, wine producer come to visit my 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 winery my my vineyard they are astonished by this situation the river it, it, sometimes i i feel like i'm in scotland because it's so different is uh, you can you can you can say it you visited the the state today so you can say it it's quite different and i think that this is our strength we are different and our wines too so uh in uh, in any case we do we do another I, I, as i told you we play our game so um continuing forward with the second wine that one trebicchieri um, yeah. which is your one of your whites and if you want to tell us about that i thought the your story of the first vintage release was really interesting with that too even though that's not the one i think yeah. on the trebicchieri yeah. correct yeah 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 we won trebicchieri with antemis 2019 antemis is one at our Etna Bianco, we produce two Etna Bianco. And the, the story of Antemis is interesting because we, uh, we, start, we started with this project in 2018. The 2018 was a very cool and rainy vintage. And uh, as I told you, we produce Antemis from the east side of, of the volcano. So the area of Milo and Sant'Alfio. Milo and Sant'Alfio are very rainy and cool uh, every vintage. Every vintage. So um, the 18 was the big amount of rain. Uh, so the the grape uh, have a lot of had a, had a lot of acidity, and uh, um, always the caricante from the area of Sant'Alfio Milo uh, is very um, very salty. Uh, it's very fresh, but in the 2018 maybe it was too much. Uh, so we decide to uh, to buy uh, two uh, tonneaux, and uh, we put uh, we put the wine inside the tonneau, and so we uh, invent this vinification because we need to uh, uh, to have more uh, smoothness, to have uh, more uh, richness in the wine because it was very very. Uh, acidic and maybe too much and so we we decide to to do this vinification in tonneau so we uh, the, the wine stay in tonneau for um, almost one year and then uh, nine months of uh, of bottle and uh, i think it was a, a nice surprise at the end because caricante is perfect for uh, aging uh, and uh, and the use of the tonneau help us in terms of um, potential of aging of this wine. But you can say it. So we're very proud because we won Trebicchieri with two very different wines. So with the first vintage with Cuba from the north side and the second vintage with uh, Antemis uh, from the east side. So... I think that we are doing well with the reds and with the white. And to me, this is very important because uh, uh, the, 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 the main estate, of course, is in the north side, but we truly believe in the potential uh, also of the east side of Mount Etna. And Caricante from the east side is very interesting. So um, I'm very proud of this result. And as... Um... 
we were talking about earlier today, your plans for the future. What, uh, your, like what's, what's the current production and what's your maximum future production? Yeah. How's the winery uh, coming along? I mean, all of these things where you're in this yeah. state of change. Yeah. Uh, right now, we uh, produce uh, around seven, yeah, 17,000 bottles. So we are very small. With the new implants, so with the new vineyard that you, you saw today, we will produce around 26, 27,000 bottles. So we will remain small, a small winery, because we want to have the control. Maybe I'm a maniac of the control, so I want to have the control of everything. And this, in this way, with this small production, I can do it. And uh, Benedetto and I uh, run the, the state together and alone. So uh, we have a lot of things to do. And I think that the, this uh, dimension is perfect for us. Uh, of course, five, we have... Five hectares, you said? Yeah, it's around, it's, we have, we have uh, six hectares, but five of vineyard. Yeah, so it's five hectares of vineyard between the, the north face and the east face of the volcano. But the main estate is in the north face. Uh, so in uh, another big project is to restore the palmento. We own a, a horrible <laughs> palmento from the 70s, uh, but we are, we are going to restore it. And in order to create um, a proper winery uh, with everything. So uh, I, I believe and I hope that uh, the next uh, harvest we, we will do the next harvest in our uh, winery, in our palmento. So this is the main project. And uh, of course, Etna is always full of occasions. So uh, I don't know, maybe I will find something, a new vineyard, a small one in a beautiful place and I will uh, buy it. Uh, we will see. But uh, for, for sure, the, the most important thing for us now, our goal is to create our winery because we we want to be free to to express ourselves 100%. And you can do it if you have your own winery. This is very important. And we had a lot of problem with COVID because the bureaucracy here in Italy is crazy. And in the last two years, is more than crazy. It's worse. So uh, we, we, lose, uh, we lost a lot of time uh, with all the papers and everything. But at the end, I think that we are going to, to obtain all the authorization in order to build the, the winery. So do you think you would have been in a different place in terms of your production and sales at this point if the pandemic hadn't happened? Or do you feel like you were For sure. successful through the whole thing? No, I, I think we are lucky. We were lucky because we are a startup. So... Uh, for a startup, two years like the 2020 and 2021, <laughs> maybe uh, are too much. But we were lucky because we found some distributor around the world. And so we, we always sell our wine also in the most difficult period. But for sure, our growth was stopped by the pandemic situation. And also, we, and I think it's the, more, the most sad thing, that um, uh, we had not the opportunity to speak personally about our wine, our work, because without events, without traveling, uh, everything was, was stopped. This was a very, 
hard period for us, for a startup, because uh, we started with the vintage 2017. So we we sold the first bottles of our wine in the autumn of uh, 2019. And after only six months, everything was closed. Uh, so it was very difficult. But at the end, I can say that we are lucky because uh, we survived. <laughs> we survived. It, it seems as though, in the same sort of sense, the, the, the company in Oregon that we're talking about doing yeah. their wine, we, yeah. we literally started in the fall of 2019. Yeah. <laughs> same thing. You have to get scrappy and do yeah. whatever you can do to make it work. And I think you've done an exceptional job. And oh, thank I know you. That they like to leave a little bit of time at the end for people to ask questions, and there are certainly people in the Sure, room. sure, um, sure. Stevie, do you want to open up Q&A? Yeah, so first of all, <laughs> I do like that, my little... <laughs> that was a really great, great... We can never, never, ever get enough of Etna, so thank you very much for that, both Catherine and Julia. I feel like an idiot because, Julia, actually, you are married to Benedetto, and I, I guess I didn't, I did not yes. have no idea. So we <laughs> yeah, saw, of course, uh, Benedetto in at the end of October. I know, um, I know. Yeah, we came to visit. So we do have a question for from Melissa. Let me try to bring her up. Ciao, Melissa. Ciao, Stevie. Ciao, Julia. How are Catherine. you? Happy New Year. Ciao, Melissa. I'm happy to see. Have you got a question for Catherine or Julia? Yes, I do have a question. Thank you. So, Julia, um, it's so nice to hear your voice again. And um, I remember when we were there for Tito Scholastica, you were in New York. And and so I'm really happy to hear that um, despite it all, you know, things are moving ahead because I know y'all like to get out to travel and promote your wine. And I feel so lucky to have, have tasted it and visited your estate. My question is to you. Back to the question that Catherine had about your train systems and Alvarello and going through your different uh, plots on Aetna. I'm always thinking also about labor issues. And I was wondering, when you talk about traditional systems like Alvarello and having been to Sicily and work some harvests and also seen pruning, would you say that Alvarello and your new plantings and maintaining your vineyards also preserves traditional labor um, on your estate as well, and that helps you with your workforce. Yeah, you're right, because as I told before, alberello is not only a traditional way uh, to uh, cultivate the vine, but is also a quality choice, in particular in the microclimate of Mount Etna, because you have to, to produce quality grapes, a small amount, and of course you can, you can produce a small amount of grapes, so it helps you in terms of quality of the wine at the end. But you know Sicily very well, Melissa, and you, uh, you know that there are a lot of uh, um, alberello pruning system around Sicily because alberello was not only from Mount Etna, but also from the west coast of Sicily in the area of Alcamo, of Camporeale, but also other side of Sicily. Um, but they dismiss alberello because the, the quantity of the production. Uh, a lot of uh, um, viticulture used to sell the wine, the, the grape. So they have to produce more. 
And Alberello is not a good choice if you want to produce more, more quantity, more, more, uh, more grape. But for us, Alberello is always a good choice in terms of quality. And we had a lot of uh, vineyard of Alberello in the west and in the east side of Sicily. But in the Mount Etna, they survived because uh, the viticulture area was not searching for quantity, but for quality. And this is the main differences between the east side and the west side. And I believe that is not only tradition, but is a really important choice if you want to have quality in, uh, in grape and then in, in wine. Thank you so much, Julia. Rosa, do you have, um, Julia, do you have a number of people that help you in your harvest or are you guys doing everything yourself? Yeah, uh, we have two guys, two workers all the year long. But for example, uh, Benedetto and I uh, used to pruning every year because to me the, the pruning is very important, in particular when you, uh, you own whole vines. So with the whole vineyard, you have to prune very well uh, because it's, uh, it's quite simple to kill a, a vine. So we, we choose to do uh, it by ourselves. And during harvest, we are uh, six or seven, depends, because the estate is small and we used to harvest in different days. So we start, as I, as I told you, with the Cuba uh, vineyard, and then we pass to the uh, Etna Rosso vineyard, the Caricante. We used to uh, harvest the Caricante in, uh, in the end of October, the first days of November. So we have time to organize the harvest, and with six or seven people, we can run it uh, easily. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, so we have come to the end. We will not be taking any more questions. Thank you very much, Catherine and Julia, Melissa, for your question. Please come back next week. We'll be at actually 5 p.m. Eastern Standard European Time, which is with Giuseppe Locascio and Angela Maculan. Then we will have Rob Miller the week after that with Diego Corradi and then Marsha Ham from with Lorenzo Marotti Campi and Stefan Metzwer Clemens Lageder and on and on and on. So don't forget to come back. Thank you all so much for making this happen. Thank you, everybody, and see you next time. Ciao, Ragazzi! Once again, here we go. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, chin chin. everybody italian wine podcast celebrates its fourth anniversary this year and we all love the great content they put out every day chin chin with italian wine people has become a big part of our day and the team in verona needs to feel our love producing the show is not easy folks hurting all those hosts getting the interviews dropping the clubhouse recordings not to mention editing all the material let's give them a tangible fan hug with a contribution to all their costs head to italianwinepodcast.com and click donate to show your love 